Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 207, episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Friday, October 22nd, 2021, which which means it's National Nut Day. Mm. Started my day off with just a nice handful of cashews Mm. and, you know, giving me the boost that I need. Miles, are you are you a fan of? Do you do you celebrate? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably celebrate with maybe two loose pistachios later on. Yeah, that you find in like some couch cushions. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. also national National Make a Dog's Day day. Oh, so if you got a dog whose day you can make, you better go on and make it. Better go do that. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, aka. I wish you would backtrack on that take, my friend. <laughs> that. Tom Hanks has always peed in movies he's been in. Just go watch Big or Splash or News of the World again. Then you'll understand. That is courtesy of Marky Mark Aurelius. Can't say I agree with the content, but, you know, he's calling me out because I say Tom Hanks pees in all the movies he's in. I don't mean that literally. He pees in a lot of the movies. A statistically significant portion of the movies when compared to other movie stars. But not all of them. Just (laughs) seems to be a strange through line that leads me to suspect that he's asking filmmakers to incorporate. Mm. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host Mr. Miles Gray! Miles Gray, a.k.a. Blue Lives, Blue Lives, Blue Lives piling up. I think these dudes love COVID. (laughs) Cops hate vaccines and they whine to their chiefs. No more ouchies. I'm trying to own the lips. Okay, I was just singing that Woo. to myself in the shower because Tura Lura started to sound like Blue Live something in my head. So uh, shout out to me and the shower thoughts. Yeah, and yeah. What is that? Well, I forget who did the original one. I always remember the Save Ferris version as a child of the 90s. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. that was the original one. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a dummy. Uh, well, Miles, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a hilarious writer, producer, and comedian who is... An expert on, among other things, professional wrestling. She's a writer for the Emmy-nominated Honest Trailer series, as well as starring in several popular gifts. Please welcome the brilliant, the talented, Danielle Redford! That's very nice. Also, uh, I think I've mentioned this before. My dad is a piece of shit cop. (laughs) I think I I recall that last time. Not my good dad. My (laughs) bad dad. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I remember I that very I've clearly last that. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, no, no, no. All the cops. <laughs> like, uh, All the dad. cops are my dad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's new, Danielle? I have cat updates. Okay. Good. We I was like I was asking update. you, there's oh. like a big contraption behind you. It looks like uh, one of the Mario levels, oh. like in terms of yeah. just the complexity. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. So I built a six foot two tall cat tree um and my cats are like they like me now um <laughs> it's weird because they didn't used to like me and now they love me but damn it's amazing six it's the, foot two probably it's just so <laughs> did you like when you say you make it like is it from scratch or there's like modular things like it's like not from scratch kit. i definitely it came from a kit and i built it with my hands Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, with my own black hand. (laughs) There it goes. I'm just, I'm looking at it and it, like, it's more, are you calling it a cat tray, a cat tree? A cat tree. Tree. Um, It's more of a cat forest. There's a number of, a number of trees. There is so much happening right now. It is wild. Yeah. Congratulations to your cats. National Make a Cat's Day Day. I'd always get jealous when I saw like people like cat infrastructure in places like that makes cats lives more fun. And I was like, man, I wish there was like stuff like that for people. And by that, I mean like adult well, playgrounds, I think is what I'm I, always I, saying. I mean, that's just squid game. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like yeah. if you're just looking for stuff where it's like, I just want to climb things and like be a thing. That's just squid game. Yeah. yeah. Go in that trippy uh, stair room. Mm-hmm. 
I'm making my way through Squid Game with my wife, and we are uh, making my way through the world today with my wife. <laughs> exactly. I there memed two things. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a meme <laughs> match. On the meme streak. Wait, what episode are you on? <laughs> I just did Tug of War. So, oh shit, man! You're but, taking, yeah, taking it taking easy. my time, right? Taking it easy. Taking my time in the world today. Yeah, but the internet is threatening to spoil it. Like, I'm starting to see a lot of things where people are yeah. like, I don't want to spoil it, but then they kind of do want to spoil it. So, yeah. and, and that's on me. I'm taking way too long a time. It's just hard with kids. That's a yeah. that's one of those shows you need to make sure their ass is asleep before you put that is on. Is it okay to talk about how much people have spoiled Eternals? Oh, yeah. I no, I don't even. I, I mean, I've I didn't even know pe- that was a thing that was happening. But I, I could be reading them and they're not just connecting because I don't know anything <laughs> about the movie. Yeah. So people have really spoiled Eternals and people are super mad about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. People don't I, people don't take kindly to those Marvel spoilers. That's for sure. Yeah, it's OK. I'm not going to spoil it here. OK, but good. it was like bad. Oh, damn. Oh, the movie's like, bad. No, the spoilers were bad. Or the spoilers the are spoilers bad. The spoilers were bad. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, got it, got the it. The spoilers were bad. Yeah. Yikes. That's, yeah, come on now. You, you hate to read something like, it's ima- imagine if The Sixth Sense came out in the age of Twitter, too. <laughs> no, it was a bunch of variety writers who should know better. Oh, right. Yeah, no, that's no good. And when you say they're bad, like they are bad, like they ruin things, or the thing that they're suggesting happens sucks, like makes you not want to see the <laughs> film. So they spoiled the after credit scene. Oh, oh yeah, I did see thing. that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's kind of fucked up. All right. Well, Danielle, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, We're going to talk about the Trump media empire that is coming for all our asses. TMTG, Mm -hmm. Trump Media Technology Group. I feel like they have been watching Succession, like just the the aspiration here. I feel like he's like, that that could be me. That -hmm. should be me. My kids are all fuck ups. So we're going to talk about that, what their plans have revealed. We're going to do some good news, hopefully, if we have time to get to it about just, you know, some solution, some solution based things for the environment. Then we'll get back to the bad news about uh, what's actually happening in Washington. We will kind of fact check another another story that's been going around about how won't you feel bad for the ISPs because Squid Game has has made their lives so difficult. They don't know what to burning do. up the bandwidth. And maybe we'll even get to a new uh, historical narrative from David Graeber. All of that, plenty more. But first, Danielle, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Hoagie sauce. Hoagie sauce. What's hoagie sauce? Um, I, It's a sauce that you put on hoagies. <laughs> right. Uh, but I mean, like, was that's a regional thing? Like, because I mean, hoagie already that that already takes us no, out of the West Coast. It, it, that that's why, like, I'm because I'm West Coasty. Uh-huh. I don't know what hoagie sauce is. Um. So I'm I was researching what that was: hoagie dressing, hoagie sauce, Lennoxville General Store hoagie <laughs> sauce Italian dressing recipe. Oh, I don't yeah. know right. what that is. I, okay, I've seen this because I've I, I bought it like years ago. It's basically like the dressing that they'll put like on the like that kind of goes on the lettuce, like rather yeah. than having just olive oil and vinegar. Oh. It's just like that little bit of you know spruced up juice to keep well, your sandwich <laughs> damp. The spruce juice. Yeah, I don't exactly. like damp juice. Mm. You don't like Wait, your so- bread to be like soggy, uh, so it's barely a solid anymore uh, mm-hmm. by the time you get it home. There's a whole thing about your bread and the divider between your bread, the other Mm -hmm. bread, and your meat. And so you need that divider to be solid or else that divider is just fucking garbage. Usually a little bit of cheese. Wait, how come you were looking up hoagie sauce? You just heard it and it it got your, piqued your interest? Well, because someone told me. That I was doing my hokies wrong. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Where are you sourcing your bread? Ralph's. Ralph's? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. The one and only. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is something you think is overrated? 
I think it's overrated to super care about what Superman is doing. Mm. <laughs> I think mm. it's weird. Yeah. I think you're all weird. You're yeah. talking about like because uh because of by Superman? Yeah, I think it's weird. I think <laughs> it's weird that people care. First of all, by Superman is just his son who's just like hanging out, being cool. Right. Oh, that's not Clark. Ke- that's not Clark Kent. No, 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 no. Oh, because everybody. That's interesting because I think everybody's reaction. It's it's it probably came from a group of men who have Superman tattoos who were yeah, like, probably. "What? Buy right. Superman? <laughs> Fuck that! This is supposed to be Superman, not super fluid Bye, with their man. sexuality." <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's weird. Yeah, is like, what? What is so? This is Superman's offspring what is superman like as a parent in these because i feel like he always dips for like years at a time <laughs> and just like goes and hangs out in space right that's what right. I those softball those those t-ball games <laughs> is he shooting with his son in the gym that's you know right. is it superman and lois lane's offspring is that yes mm-hmm. absolutely okay. mm-hmm. yeah i the last time i paid attention to superman it was like when I was six and Christopher Reeve. Everyone is super cranky about this. No one pays attention to fucking Superman. Yeah, I think that's where it comes from, right? Is there like no Christopher Reeves, but like he he's into Lois Lane. Like that's... <laughs> no one fucking cares. Yeah. I mean, my kids are into Superman because it's just like the the easiest superhero to get your head around, but I yeah, feel like, like it's omnipotent. Just, yeah, it's just very entry level, very like gateway drug for oh. other superheroes. So he's like mm. the sliced sandwich bread of superheroes. Like, yeah. Why don't you move on to ciabatta or brioche? Yeah, I feel like even now my three year old, when he's interested, like when he wants me to read him a superhero bedtime, a Superman bedtime story, it's more like nostalgia. Because he's like way more into Spider Man and uh, the Flash and like the other more specific, interesting superheroes, and but like yeah, yeah, literally no one cares about <laughs> Superman. Right. Everyone is so angry, and I promise you, none of them are reading the comics. Yeah, I think that's right. Don't don't come for Danielle on this. It's mm-hmm. it's the truth. Mm-hmm. What is uh what is something you think is underrated? You know what I think is underrated. Finding out that your cats want to cuddle you a whole bunch. Wow. Is yeah. it a long, hard road? I know. <laughs> it took a while. How many my years cats. are we talking since you, oh they came God. into your life to them cuddling you? Yeah, a bunch of years. They uh, they don't like me. <laughs> at all. How many cats are we talking? Two. Two. And they're, they're Hudson mean? and Ripley. Tough and love? don't like me. But oh. now they do, and it's like super fucking great. That's are awesome. you? Would, are you like commemorating this? Like you taking pictures and stuff? Because you're like, this is the first. Time no, they don't like. No, they they don't like pictures, and they crawl all <laughs> over me. Wait, they, crawl they don't on like me. pictures. <laughs> They're camera no, aware. No, they know when I'm taking a picture of them with the camera. Yeah, they hate it. Oh. You have to like pretend you're like reading something while taking mm-hmm. their picture. Yeah, absolutely. So you can't even come with receipts about nope. this. This is just something. No, 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 yeah. No. So for all we know, you might be lying about this, but I'm going to take your word for it. And I'm assume probably that the cats lying. Are camera shy. I'm yeah. a liar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that <laughs> I think it's generally the case like that. The status quo for most cat relationships is that they like tolerate their human in a lot of cases. So like, can you tell cat owners out there like how, how did you turn this corner where they're like all uh, about you you know i just waited it out yeah and built them massive uh play structures and all like again i'm like a like weird stepmom where i was like come to me <laughs> watch Jeez. as i build this giant structure in your name what do i need to do for you to call me mother i just need you to love me (laughs) all right let's take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about the trump media empire And we're back and we're riding the roller coaster of uh, Danielle's relationship with her cats. Apparently they're they're causing all sorts of havoc. 
My guess, they know that it's National Make a Dog's Day Day. Mm-hmm. But taking back the power, yeah, yeah, taking back the power. They're like, no, mm-hmm. fuck this. All right, let's uh, let's get into the <laughs> the third announcement from Donald Trump about how he's going to uh, change the landscape of media. He has announced uh, Trump Media Technology Group because he he believes he can take down big tech by creating a worse product that can't compete at all with Netflix, Twitter, and even a company called iHeartMedia. He's coming for us. Coming for us. I've heard of iHeartMedia. I haven't, but somehow (laughs) this man has. And yeah, he also thinks he can go after Amazon's cloud service and like Stripe for like payments and stuff. This is all because he thinks that he can create like essentially an uncancelable internet infrastructure. So mm-hmm. if no matter how racist or vile you are, they can't say like, well, we're going to take this hosting service away from you or we're going to take this way of processing payments away from you because he'll have his own versions and that will shield them from any kind of real scrutiny or mm-hmm. criticism. Mm-hmm. But the big one I think that was announced today was the Truth Social platform. Truth yes. Social. Get ready. Let's just give a real quick background on like his. So this yeah. is the third in a series. First, it was uh, from the desk of where he would be issuing communications mm. to publish straight from the desk of Donald Trump. And it was a blog. And like he just didn't. I, maybe he hadn't heard of those and he thought he was inventing them. But that be, that barely got any attention. And so that went away. In July, this is one I didn't even know about. He quietly launched a new social media platform called Getter, mm. which mm. really should be the name of uh, Larry the Cable Guy's social Getter media Getter. platform. But he went for it, G-E-T-T-R, and that apparently fell apart, which, you know, he's taking a lot of swings. He's just yeah. uh, letting letting loose. And now he's announced his third, an app dubbed Truth, because, yeah, that the... the he he want, he thinks that the truth is, I don't know, this is pretty in line with his overall strategy of, like, naming things the exact opposite of what they are. Yeah, right. And, like saying he's a president mm, rather right. than a despotic fucking imbecile or something. Wait, like is Donald Trump the president? Uh, it depends on which news channel you watch. Yes. Because there, there seem to be competing narratives. But, like, mm. with the truth thing, predictably, right? posting to the site will be called truthing and fucking each individual post will be known as a truth. So I get that they're fully trying to take any meaning out of that word truth by being like, yeah, I retruthed that truth from earlier. Who's your favorite truther? Oh yeah. (laughs) Let me some good accounts for some funny truths to follow on truth social. He has trademarked the term, uh, truthing and retruth. (laughs) <laughs> which is pretty cool. Oh, uh, well, that's nice. You, you'd you'd hope that it would be something a little bit more interesting than that, but of course, this this makes sense because you say absolute lie and you call that your truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. shockingly, I know this is gonna hold on to your butts, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the project launched a beta, and people took a look a little behind the curtains, and it was seemingly done as cheaply and lazily as possible. Hmm. The site's code is a, quote, mostly unmodified version of Mastodon, which is an open source Hmm. software launched in 2016. And also a band that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. But anyone can use this. Like, I could use this to launch my own social networking site. That's basically what they did they just took that open source software didn't even make any modifications to it so it was extremely easy for people to immediately hack into although you didn't really need to hack into it they launched the beta and people could immediately just sign up for accounts with the handles at donald trump and Mm -hmm. at mike pence and mm. at Donald J. Trump, uh, so mm. somebody got that one and immediately posted a photo of a pig defecating on its testicles. Yep, that old that old Twitter. Oh, jeez, <laughs> uh, I uh, um, I kind of hate that, but I love it. But I hate it. Well, it's just kind of they've nailed the perfect visual metaphor for what is happening here. Yeah, and it's been a common sort of troll reply on Twitter too for mm-hmm. just like f- just spamming threads with that image because people are like get it off of here <laughs> but yeah the it, it's clear that like everything 
just not much thought put into it. It's really about the, I guess, the optics of saying, like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is when it's coming out. There might be a, a beta open for some people, like, at the, like, sort of end of the year. But the plans are that this thing is launching in 2022. Hmm. But there's also, like, really weird guidelines within the website, too. Like, the the slides about, like, the sort of presentation of the website is, like, it's a big tent. It's for everyone. Liberals, conservatives, independents can all come through. But then there's, like, this fine print that's, like, truth can, like, revoke and deactivate your account for any reason without you knowing, without you ha- without even us having to explain. So don't talk shit on here. You're gone. You're literally prohibited from disparaging the site or, and this is a quote, annoying the site's employees. Yeah. Which oh, I and kind of very respect. annoying. <laughs> there was a cartoon on SNL that they took down that was basically like about how Disney owned everything. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like this graphic reminds me of that cartoon. Yeah. Just with all the other brands there. Yeah. yeah. And just taking everything over. The graphic in question has TMTG with like a line to truth social versus and then it's like Twitter, Facebook. And then in a separate like media content production section, it's TMTG plus, which competes with Netflix and Disney plus. I don't know how to get the the plus is brilliant. Like Disney plus. Uh, Oh, shit. Come on. Wait, you think so? You think so? (laughs) 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 To go along with fucking uh, Trump flicks. You know, it's all it's all going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) And HBO MAGA. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. They should have done that. TMTG News is the one that's coming for our ass for iHeart and CNN. That's kind of a flex. Shout out to iHeart. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. because purely all this, all of these things are just pointing at are like sort of superlatives, like within a given industry. So it's like if it's streaming, you're going to put the streaming people there. And if it's radio or podcasting, then they're they're mentioning this behemoth company. So, yeah, it's uh, (laughs) we look forward to your network, although I feel like they're already out there. The long term opportunity TMTG tech stack which just sounds like some words they made up and put in front of him. But he was like, nice. I love a tech stack. TMTG tech stack, yeah. Yeah, like you said, they're coming for Amazon cloud computing uh, and Google cloud. Right. So, you know, they got big, big is, and things. Is it proprietary code for your platform? No, no, I just ripped off Mastodon. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So some nice. real pioneering type shit happening over here. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about just a little bit of uh, news around... The green energy possibilities, how we could possibly fight climate change, make the world a little bit more sustainable. So, you know, as Congress debated uh, last week whether to pare down the Biden administration's climate proposals, uh, and spoiler alert, they did. New research has suggested uh, doing so would create far fewer jobs if you if you pared it down and just kept going with fossil fuel, kept doubling down. For every million dollars the U.S. government invests, solar produces over 2.7 times more jobs than fossil fuels, mm. according to an analysis from two environmental think tanks and labor unions. Wind energy spurs over 2.8 times more jobs than the investments in oil, gas, and coal. Retrofitting buildings to be more energy efficient creates demand for nearly three times as many jobs. So these are, it's a, it's not a issue of, well, you know, fossil fuels is like the thing that's good for the economy. The only excuse that they have for continuing to double down on fossil fuels is that fossil fuels have the money and therefore the inertia to um, keep them moving in the same direction they've been moving in for it's, a century. It's just wild that, this analysis just negates any argument that would come out of this lobbying side of being like, well, then what happens to all these people's jobs, man? If you get rid of coal, then what happens? And you're like, yeah, there's actually, there. even if those people fucking cleaved themselves like a cell and turned into two people, that person would also have a job. Right, exactly. that's how lucrative and how much opportunity is there because we have a massive undertaking to change the energy mix. Yeah. And we actually have a like specific example of, you know, a way a way that we could be changing things and helping the environment and helping uh, economies. But before we get to that, uh, Danielle's Internet just 
went out, <laughs> unfortunately. And, you know, we're hoping that she is able to get back in here. But always wonderful having Danielle. Hopefully it comes back. She's working on getting back on as we speak. Um, so, but yeah. we're momentarily yeah. if we're hoping to be rejoined but uh this is the if wonder not, miles and i are full of enough hot air to uh push this thing through to the Speak you for know. yourself man <laughs> a real wind bag am i right mm. all right so there's a new book from out of iowa called the emerald horizon that's basically about how the heartland you know where all of America's corn and soybeans come from mostly to feed uh, cattle to like feed us meat is headed in a dangerous direction because of centuries of industrialized farming. They basically like raised the landscape, made a eco factory for two crops, and this yielded a pretty profitable system. It's still currently the globe's most productive chunk of land during summer months, but it also just polluted the hell out of their rivers. The Gulf of Mexico, the runoff from Iowa down into the Gulf of Mexico uh, has created a Connecticut-sized algae bloom that is just a biological dead zone. Like, everything that swims through it dies. It's Ew. also just killing off the, like, the thing that they need to grow anything is topsoil, and the topsoil is being leached of all its natural resources, which, when combined with the worsening storms from climate change, is just head, heading them in a very dangerous direction. And... This, this is a good news story. So this is a good news story because a, a ecologist has written a book where they're like, oh, there's a very simple solution. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So before we came in here, the native people who predominated. Hey, hey not me, bro. They they brought they brought my family over. I didn't. They didn't <laughs> right. I didn't come over here, bro. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> when before the uh, colonizers showed up, the <laughs> native people were they basically interwove fields of corn and squash and beans with lots of trees, like nut-bearing trees that fed them. And they're pointing out that basically you could just do that again. Uh, what it's, I think it's called like alley strip farming or something like that. And you basically have rows of trees in between these fields, which would combat all of those problems because trees you know, drink up a lot of the resources. They add carbon to the environment, like through leaves that fall down, just like having leaves on the ground, like makes the soil richer. Right. And it's, you know, it's a pretty basic idea that like your landscape shouldn't look like a lunar colony that is only planting corn. Right. Uh, but that's like an what, agricultural <laughs> parking lot. Right. Exactly. Right. They say in the, in the study, reintroducing trees could bring big benefits their roots dig deep beneath the soil surface and fan out laterally, providing an anchor during heavy rain so you don't lose all that topsoil. They suck up nutrients all year long, keeping fertilizer from leaching away and polluting water. Trees shield crops and soil from the wind, which uh, because of, you know, the ecological disaster we've created with climate change is going to be more and more important. They build carbon in the soil. And this is an ancient practice known as agroforestry, uh, not like agro, but mm -hmm. agricultural forestry could ultimately be more profitable for farmers than the current corn soybean rotation in the Midwest. So all they need to do, though, is break out of this capitalist cycle of doing whatever is most profitable for the next quarter. You know, right. you need With no some view into the future. Right. And you need some initial investment into the trees and then the trees take a couple years to start bearing the you know products that are actually going to make you money which is where the government should come in and be able to help fund that but then they have to deal with you know Monsanto and massive corporations that profit from just keeping things yeah. at, as is noticing a theme here with a lot of our problems on this yeah. planet there's a solution to all of this. It's just up to just up to the forces that have been making money hand over fist for decades now to just switch it up really quick. Yeah. And break their habits or hoping that a government that isn't completely uh, influenced by outside spending to actually make that a law or something or a yeah. regulation. Okay. 
Okay. So that's the good news. The bad news is, uh, let's check in with Bill back better. Where are we at, Miles? Where are we at with that, Bill? You know, the head of carbon tax, clean electricity performance program, in addition to things unrelated to the, you know, environment, like two free years of community college that could be related to the environment since you are just educating more people and they might come up with the solution or the solutions that will save our ass in the future. Where are we at? Um, Those are all not in the bill anymore. Uh, specifically the carbon oh, taxes cool. out, cool, the cool, clean cool, energy cool, cool. performance program was gone. Joe Biden was like, remember how I was like, yo, two years, two tuition-free years at community college? Bye-bye. Mm. So, and a lot of people are saying, that's what's out for now. Things could change. Things could come back in. We don't know. Things are in play. I think that's a very euphemistic description, considering how we're just allowing Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema and some a few other corporate Democrats to basically just completely flip this thing over. But there are still things that are still in the Build Back Better bill, kind of, a little bit, okay. mostly some of it. The child <laughs> tax credit extended only maybe a year or two. The, can't can't go too far out, even though that's like one of the most popular things right now in the United States yeah. for many parents. Also, the Affordable Care Act subsidies, those are in there. Those are still there. What? Okay, that's okay. cool. Okay. Paid family leave, a great one. Joe Biden and, you know, the, the idea was, man, 12 weeks of paid family leave. We get it. We're trying to compete with other nations uh, that are sort of on the same level economically and saying, yes, we can we can do that. Except now it's only going to be four weeks. Oh. So what is 12. it now? Like, what what's the standard in America now? Like, that doesn't seem... Is it just zero? <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, it Fuck. depends on your company, right? Or otherwise, it's like, right. hey, go on a disability. Right. And then there's... You know, we also got a home care for elderly and disabled Americans. You're like, oh, yeah, right, right, right. That's a huge cost for people. Like, how can we make that... How can we ease that burden for Americans? The original price tag on there... 400 billion that felt about right considering the population sure and to to actually ease this bill that many people have or this huge spend that many people make even though it started at 400 billion down to less than 250 billion mm. and universal pre-k is still there okay so but you know it's still up in there it's still up in there you know don't right. don't start don't in start play don't start losing your faith now in the, in the party just because we're taking an axe to all these things that were kind of the big carrot we we're dangling in front of voters. I do Please love that. No mind. I do love the in play and play ball are these euphemisms for, you know, making it sound fun. The just vigorous fucking of the people of this country by the yeah. political system. Yeah, we're just playing a game with people's lives. All right, yeah. play ball. Okay, now. But yeah, and meanwhile, you have Kirsten Cinema out here saying she re- just flatly just refuses to, like, will reject any kind of bill that is going to raise taxes on wealthy people and, co- and companies. But, like, Kirsten, like, didn't you vote against the Trump tax cuts? Or, the, or didn't you say you wanted to reverse? I mean, even Joe Manchin is like, well, I think we can, I think we can, bring some taxes back up but kirsten cinema absolutely not she's been telling lobbyists out loud that she won't budge on this so this now puts uh democrats in this position as they try and negotiate this like where they don't know what they're going to do you know the what are you going to do now we have two corporate shills who are absolutely going to take the teeth out of this transformative bill because of their like allegiances to their donors and sadly you know i feel like the only thing transforming is going to be those majorities in the House and the Senate if they completely falter on this. Yeah. And they're also successfully rat fucking like the electoral process, right? Like they. The yes. I mean, they, they tried to they tried to put a, a bill to a vote or just to a debate on Wednesday night just to make voting easier for people. The Republicans obviously unanimously mm-hmm. voted to fucking block it. Even though this was something Joe Manchin was saying, like, hey, if, if you take these things out, these things out, I bet I can get 10 Republicans. I can get right. 10 and cut to you don't have you're holding nothing. You're holding a fart. But in you can't like, we'll just. And pretend. she's back. And she's I'm back. Sorry, um, What's uh, up? My uh, 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 cats ate through my. It's fine. Wow. Um, but wow. it's literally they can't. They will not ever 
be able to be like, oh, we'll just let you like be our friends and blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. The Republicans don't care. They don't like us. Yeah. And they tell, well, they tell people like Joe Manchin or have him feeling like, hey, if you, you know, completely have no spine, we might you know, help you out with some votes. That doesn't happen because that's always the deal. It's just the Why are we always letting them just be fucking pieces of shit? Well, I think, you know, as it stands, the Democratic Party of now uh, is just they they very much feel like they need this group of weirdos to co-sign anything they do to make things like, you know, uh, palatable for Americans. When most people are looking at it and just saying, no, this is just straight trash. But, yeah, this is just, you know, uh, we're just seeing a rapid decline, even with cinemas like support. I mean, like the polling is whatever, but. She just had a group of veterans that were like on this advisory panel that like helped her get elected. They just all resigned in mass because they can't believe she's going back on all the things she promised them that she would do once she was in office. So now they're like, well, we don't recognize this person. They won't. She won't even take our calls anymore. So all we have to do is like we can't we can't be we can't have our names as veterans be used to sort of prop up her profile like it feels like she was doing. So, yeah. She's pretty aggressively playing a lot of the people that supported her. But I think most politicians are. If you really <laughs> give it. That I mean, treatment. I feel like the Democrats also like they are playing a game at, where they're trying to not do the things that are needed because they're worried like they're, you know, half stepping it. And then they like, for instance, the the voting rights thing is an existential threat to any sort of progressive policies that, uh, you know, could possibly be pushed through in the near future. And we get a like, you know, Kamala Harris is just like, this is a sad day. Uh, we're going to keep fighting. And it's like, but you just the only thing that would work is abolishing the filibuster. It's an existential threat to the things you claim to care about, but they're yeah. just not doing the thing. And I think some are made. I mean, Angus King from Maine said something along the lines of like, I really believe we're like at this turning point and we have to really make a crucial decision that is going to reverberate for decades to come. Like, I think a very light touch version would be like, hey, 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 uh, if we don't do something, the, the whole jig could be up on sort of what this version of a democracy that we thought we were participating. Why in. are we just not being pieces of shit? Yeah, well, I think but because that's like just sort of the binary you have craven racists on one side and then like these neoliberal people who are like hey i gotta give it up to the corporate donors i'll also pay lip service to social movements that are popular because i've collected all the right opinions but do i have the wherewithal and conviction to actually act those out as a leader in congress <laughs> i don't know i don't know yeah uh all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about other less frustrating things. And we're back. And that's a con that's a promise I actually can't keep because now we're going to talk about uh, Internet service providers, which are pretty fucking frustrating. But shit. Uh, speaking of Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How so your cats ate through your internet wire? No, I just Spectrum is a piece of shit and I oh. paid extra money for them and now they are not servicing me. Yeah. <laughs> servicing me the way that I knew them. To. Like like you should be. I mean, I think everybody this is I think this is a common refrain in the in the US, which is we hate our internet service providers. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this Squid Game story has been something that we've seen like a lot of headlines around us. I'm like, Squid Game is so popular. It's burning up the Internet. There was a story about how a telecoms company was like, you know, suing Netflix uh, in South Korea because they were saying like it's created so much more viewing and you, people are using so much more bandwidth on broadband that they had to sue Netflix. Like, this is absurd. In wow. the UK, they're also saying things like, you know, something has to be done about Netflix. Their content is creating, distraining our internet tubes. What are we going to do? <laughs> right. And a lot of, I think, here's the thing. If you're someone who isn't really tech savvy like me, and you're also just used to regularly being fucked over by an internet service provider like mm -hmm. me, that might sound like a realistic explanation, 
But most people who are like experts in telecoms, like that's not how it works. Like just (laughs) saying this show is probably doesn't give you the right to be like, yo, we're suing you. This is too much. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're saying like, you know, this one broadband expert who is talking to The Verge said, well, people subscribe to broadband to do things like stream video. And it's broadband customers who are requesting all these Squid Game streams. They are not somehow imposed on ISPs by Netflix. So already they're like, that's not the relationship here. And then on top of it, they already have their network sort of set up in this way to be able to handle when people are a ton of people are using the internet. They just understand that because that's just part of them providing services. They have to be able to provide this service. And, you know, they're already being paid by all kinds of people, whether it's businesses, consumers, etc. So this this for, for them, the responsibility to meet the demand isn't Netflix's problem. It's the broadband company's problem. Right. And telecoms are like a, I don't know, it just seems like it's the sort of thing that should be a, like, a need and not like a thing. It should be nationalized. You can, yeah, it should be nationalized. Absolutely. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Only because I don't trust, I don't the trust the government at all. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. at the same time, I think, I don't know, I, I'd, I'd look at this as a utility for sure. And yeah, really treating what, it as a way that for. needs to be, at the very least, have some standards and not yeah, having the ability to sure. gouge people. Because for the most part, most people like are in a duopoly where they live based on if you want the internet. There's, right. there, there typically mm-hmm. isn't a whole broad range of people you can get your internet from. And this whole thing is it all goes back to this from this trope that basically kicked off the net neutrality debate was that ISPs don't like that other companies are getting rich off of content that uses mm-hmm. their infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Right. They think like, well, but our tubes are delivering it like we, we want a taste of that. And the, th- the thing is, companies like Netflix already pay a lot of money to make sure that their their content can be accessed mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. They pay like Google, Facebook, all these people, they pay for stuff like billions of dollars on cloud capacity or undersea cables, content delivery networks. They're not just like, you know, logging in on their Netflix computer and then just destroying the earth being like, all right, have at it, folks. Netflix is online. So this whole thing is already being just kind of, you can tell it's being sort of positioned in a way to try and build more momentum towards trying to get other companies to help foot the bill for a telecoms, you know, uh, operational and construction costs. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's why they are are trying to be content companies like Mr. Mercedes. Wasn't that like a, sh- a show? Oh, I think it was like, like somewhat AT&T acclaimed Direct TV and it was on AT&T. Yeah, they got a They, they had a pretty solid writer's room, though. I'm no, surprised. They yeah. Were, yeah, they were making moves. Well, we never, look, we never blame the people that work for the companies that blah, no, no. blah, blah, right, blah, right. blah. Yeah, no, that's for sure. But the, yeah, the I think it's just a really, it's just ironic, right, that this Squid Game is already this sort of like late stage capitalism critique. And yeah. then you have internet <laughs> service providers who are greedy as fuck and already causing problems for people in terms of their ability to connect to the internet. We're like, hey, 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 we want more money. Yeah, you more money. Like, mm-hmm. no, just get, go back in your mm-hmm. fucking cave. It's please. yet another example of the mainstream media and legacy media in the U.S. being extremely easy to manipulate. Where whoever handles internet service providers PR for them, like, saw a trend, saw that everybody was talking about Squid Game being popular, and was just like, jump on that. Talk about how that is taxing like our tubes too much, and you know they're pl- being played like a fiddle. Yeah, well, I think they look at stats like it's the number one show in ninety four countries. It's in millions of homes, but then yeah. you lose your argument because, uh, like telecoms, people say like, look, a a live live streamed event. You might have an argument there because a ton of people are going to be focused on the same bit of content at a very specific time. But with Netflix and streaming stuff, people live in different time zones. People have different schedules. Mm -hmm. Not everyone says, hey, y'all, it's seven o'clock on a weeknight. Everybody go to Netflix and stream the show that's already been out and fully released. So there's like a lot of behavioral sort of just data points that suggest like what Mm -hmm. what's your what exactly is your point here? But they just recognize that like just 
all these media outlets were wanted to put Squid Game in the title of an article. Like that was getting clicks, so they just jumped jumped in there and were like, mm. "All right, yeah, that let's give it to nice. them." Yeah. All right, real quick, let's talk about uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. And Danielle has uh, disappeared again. I think fucking telecoms. The telecoms are are onto us. They're like you're complaining about Trump media network assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. All right, but uh, I do want to talk about Rotten Tomatoes as a new culture war battlefield because that is a story that Fox is trying to tell, and uh, and other. I guess Fox and the Federalist a couple weeks ago had the story about how like cancel culture has like created this massive gap between audiences and critics. And they pointed to the Chappelle special and a documentary about Fauci. And we're like, the Chappelle special has is in the thirties in terms of critical approval, but it's like 98% when it comes to audiences. And the stories just completely ignore that these are, artificially inflated numbers because the right and like conservative media outlets get people to create these massive numbers in order to create these stories essentially Mm. like this vice article about it points out that so when you look at the reviews for uh the Chappelle special there are 2500 reviews from audience members which netflix shows don't usually draw that kind of reaction from the public at all. The most popular show in Netflix's history, Squid Game, has just over 1,500 reviews. So it's mm-hmm. mm, it's right. them, you know, some fucking Facebook group being like, hey, it's important to Jesus that you go to this page and click that you like this special and hate this other one. <laughs> and, you know, they're right. Jesus approved. Yeah, well, it's uh, you, you, I mean, even saw yesterday or on Wednesday when the walkout happened, there were like some confrontations where like a couple just smooth brained like people had signs like to, I guess, counter protest the like trans employees and allies that had walked out just having signs like Dave is funny. Right. And you're like, wow. Okay. Nailed it. So, Nailed it cause. Yeah, you seem really passionate about this or just a real low energy troll job. And what could be what couldn't be more low energy trolling than just merely going to a website, clicking something and be like, <laughs> look at that. The people right. have spoken. Yeah, exactly. But that's, you know, it's the like been a long term trend. Like if you look at audience numbers for basically any movie that has a negative connotation uh when it comes to like conservative media commentators any marvel movie that stars anyone who's not a white man it will have a artificially negative review and same same with the star wars movies right yeah because i mean we saw people like brigading in those things like just to be like i hate that this woman is on screen yeah and she's asian right (sighs) yeah but hey clearly they're winning with this very uh, ineffective strategy. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this Friday morning. Uh, Danielle is still off the internet, as far as we can tell. Yep. So, hey, I'll tell you where you can find Danielle, though. At yeah. Danielle Radford, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-R-A-D-F-O-R-D on and Twitter. What's a tweet she's been enjoying, Miles? Hey, you know, it's pretty easy. I can just go into the likes Here you go. and say... Yo, she liked that one I liked yesterday about the dogs having 20 nicknames, and then it turns into total <laughs> chaos. There you go. And then another one is, well, this is from Dark Sheik FTF, sweet Muslim girl, tweeted, I, if I ate burritos by holding them at the ends and biting into the middle, would you still love me? Well, <laughs> actually, that would you that would be Justin Bieber, or that fake Justin Bieber. Yeah, fake Justin but Bieber. I'd still love you. Yeah. yeah. Eat, eat everything that's shaped like that, like a corn cob. Mm, just see... Who your could true you, love? Who your true loves are? If you could somehow eat a burrito like a corn cob and just the maintain shell first. structural integrity, I mean, you can't once you fully, you know, eat that outside burrito. That's like that's the thing holding it together. You would have to do it in uh, zero gravity outer space, I think. But oh, good point. I mean, you know, that's that's why yeah. I am 
trying to uh, court Bezos to get him to fly me into space. <laughs> or, or what if you like did a ca- canoe style? Just bit the top off, and then you're just kind of getting in there, just getting in there, out, and yeah. then you got like a just a burrito sheet of a canoe. All right, well, I kind of send in. in your alternative uh, burrito eating styles, folks. Hey, Miles, where can people find you, and oh! what is a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, yes, uh, what an <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray, and also the other show, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. Couple of tweets I like. First one is from at Doug J Balloon, the New York Times pitch bot, tweeting, "My toddler asked me why won't I get a Christmas present this year, and when I told him because critical race theory destroyed the global supply chain, he started crying." <laughs> and one more, and I hate to just bring up another Ben Simmons tweet, but I thought this one was I very, know. very good. This is from I disrespect liberals at who Lisa FRM five zero three. First quote tweeting this NBA Central tweet that says Ben Simmons is willing to do whatever it takes to get out of Philadelphia. And uh, at who Lisa tweeted, has he tried getting in one little fight so his mom got scared? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Classic. Very well done. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Been enjoying a bunch of tweets. I'm just going to go with uh, this one from Karen Chi. Tweeted, the biggest lie in movies is that you pick your plus one to weddings. I'm going to four weddings next year, and they're all like, no plus ones unless we explicitly invited them. Like, sheesh. Okay. So what do I do with this guy I found en route to the wedding who I asked to pretend to be my boyfriend? Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is some good movie myth debunking, Karen. Uh, Well done. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. And we have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes! Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song that we think you might want to go check out. Miles, what song do we think people should go check out? Friday. So this is a track called Almost Blue by Lucy. But it, there's a space in between all the letters because that's the cool thing to do. L space, U space, C space, Y. And it's like just this super fun tune. But it's wild because I don't it's hard for me to sing the lyrics back because the lyrics are like a lot of chopped up lyrics as a sample. Mm-hmm. So it's very frenetic. It's energetic, but it's also got soul despite it being like a permutation of another song. But check this out. Almost Blue by Lucy. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending. And we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.